No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into His Hardline. Welcome. Glad to have you all here. Don't forget to check out the website, www.hishardline.com. This is the only place where you're going to get God and Jesus Christ mixed in with a little true history of America, mixed in with instructions on how to assemble your nation. We're here to implement solutions that will help restore this republic. But most importantly, we're also here to help America and the rest of the world to invite Jesus Christ into their heart. It's time to take back our nation. It's time to take back our world, ladies and gentlemen. And you can find us here six out of the seven days a week. So be sure to share this with your friends and family. Don't forget, don't forget, sovereignty itself is of course not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, sovereignty itself remains with the people by whom and for whom all government exists and acts. Welcome to His Heart Line, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. <laughs> yeah. Let's get rocking. Let's get rocking. All right. All right. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Good evening. Good afternoon. And good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are in the captain's chair. They are the host with the most. They are at the wheel and they are steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here at His Hard Line for episode 420. This is my 420th episode. And we are going to be reading the book of Isaiah, chapter 54, as we kind of come close to a uh, near the closing of uh, this whole book of Isaiah. I believe there's about 66 books here, if I recall correctly. So we will be reading Isaiah chapter 54 today. It's only 17 verses. And then we will be having a conversation about you and your money and the bank balance and what a bank balance is. And so for starters today, I was, I was kind of perusing the, um, the headlines here in Gateway Pundit. One particular headline kind of struck me a little bit that I wanted to kind of open up. It's very rare that I actually open up a uh, story from a headline that I read. but um, And I know this kind of was hitting the headlines a little bit last week, but um, I figure I'd kind of touch on it a little further this week. So according to Gateway Pundit, there is a headline here. It says Biden's FAA is in a world of hurt and a serious concern. So when I clicked it, you know, clicked it open, it said Steve Kirsch released a report last week where he shares some very, very disturbing information about the health of Americans and pilots flying us all around the world. 
And this, the reason why I wanted to open this up is because first off, my wife and I typically like to travel, but more importantly, um, since this breaking of the story, it really makes me not want to travel and fly. I should say it makes me not want to fly now. Um, because we're hearing more stories of one out of the two pilots, um, you know, keeling over in the cockpit. That's a big problem. And right here, the story says, after the vaccine roll, rolled out, the FAA secretly widened the EKG parameter range for pilots so that they wouldn't be grounded. And it looks like the vax gave at least 50 million Americans heart damage. I mean, we got doctors out there that are saying, oh, be prepared after flu season. We're going to have stroke season. What is that? When have we ever had a season called stroke season? You don't get stroke and heart attack season just because Americans decided to eat too much garbage over the winter. Stroke season, what is that? And so the the story continues to read, Kirk released a follow-up report where he states that he discussed the above report with the federal air surgeon, Dr. Susan E. Northup. Dr. Northup claims that she had seen no evidence that the COVID vaccines have incapacitated pilots. Mm hmm. Because somebody isn't in her pockets paying her off. It continues to say, at first I thought that she was lying, but it turns out she was telling the truth. She's seen no evidence because even though she admitted on the call that she knew about Bob Snow, nobody at the FAA ever bothered to call him. Ever. So they've never seen the evidence because they deliberately refuse to look at the evidence. Get it? That's how science works. And Susan is also going to have to talk about why there was a 300% increase in long-term disability claims filed at American Airlines between January and July of 2022 and what investigation the FAA made into what was disabling those pilots. And so we have a pilot shortage in America. What did Susan find when the FAA investigated? Why the disability claims skyrocketed? Or did they do nothing to investigate? If they didn't do anything, then why didn't they? I'd like to know. The New York Times and CNN, well, not so much. Surprise, surprise, because I don't really do real investigative journalism, journalism anymore these days. But it continues to read right here. Finally, did you know that Susan's husband, John Heil, is a pilot and John refused to take this COVID vaccine due to safety concerns? Well, 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 well. But yet, she seems to think that there is no correlation. So it's not just a few anti-vaxxers spreading misinformation. And I say that with quotes, by the way. Air quotes. Susan clearly realizes that intelligent people she clearly respects have legitimate concerns that cause them to refuse to take the shot. The narrative is falling apart, ladies and gentlemen. And let me tell you something else. It's no surprise that we have top-level CEOs and high-level executives for some pretty high-level companies, some Fortune 500 companies, that request pilots that aren't vaccinated. Come on, guys. And this woman here who's a doctor for the FAA doesn't, you know, says that there is no correlation between pilots, you know, submitting disability claims and there's no correlation between that and the vaccine. Come on. You're telling me that these high level CEOs and, uh, you know, senior executives for these big companies that fly, you know, privately are requesting pilots that haven't taken the jab just because come on.
called BS on that. So I just found that to be a very interesting story. So, you know, nonetheless, here's the other thing. Vax or no Vax for the pilots. Okay, let's just be clear. Flying is no different than taking the bus. Unless you're paying a few hundred dollars more to fly first class, when you're flying coach, it freaking sucks more than ever. I refuse to fly anymore unless it's first class or if I'm going somewhere in the Caribbean. I, I just refuse to fly. I told last time we went down just recently down to Florida. I mean, going down there was kind of a nightmare for my wife and I. I mean, it was just, you know, because we had a connecting flight and then it was delayed and it was cramped and it was just it was just kind of a kind of experience. You know what I mean? Now, coming back, well, especially for myself, was great because I know I got the uh, exit row seating. So I had extra leg room. And, you know, in fact, my wife, when she flew back, it was actually a little bit better for her than flying, you know, to the, you know, Florida because, you know, she just had a one way trip. And so it was a little bit more, uh, uh, I guess, tolerable. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a road tripper. See, I, I can make a 1200 mile road trip in a matter of like a day day and a half if I really get after it. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I just, I'd much rather f drive than fly. I just, I, I don't want to get molested by TSA. I don't want to have to be, you know, subject to a random check just because they don't like the way my five o'clock shadow looks and I look like a jihad to them. Like, I don't feel like dealing with any of these unconstitutional agencies. They're rude. They're crabby. And quite frankly, I think they get their kicks out of freaking, you know, harassing people to be quite honest with you. Now, probably not everybody at the TSA. But I've seen quite a few bad attitudes with some of these employees. So anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, Oscar in the chat says it sounds like a great career for uh, gr great career choice slash change for purebloods. <laughs> That's no kidding. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd want to really be a pilot. Now, those cockpits are really, really crammed. So, okay, we're going to get into the reading and then we're going to continue our conversation on the other side about you and your money and what a bank bail-in is and kind of a little bit furthering the conversation regarding the uh, U.S. bank customers and them losing money. I played a little bit of a uh, sound clip or two regarding that yesterday. We're going to kind of dive a little bit deeper today on that. But let's get first things first, right? We have to put God first because here at His Hardline, we have an order that we stay in. God always comes first, followed by the family. And in order to be able to take care of our family, we need to make sure we also take care of our body temple, right? We got to make sure we maintain good health. So, you know, this podcast typically we'll talk about, uh, or at least it's going to be starting to get more further into health topics um, and holistic uh, remedies and stuff like that, that we are actively applying in our lives. And it's working really well, all thanks to my wife and even some of the stuff that I've been reading and some of the books I have, like Effortless Healing by Dr. Joseph Mercola. And then, of course, the fourth thing is talking about the history of this nation and current affairs with this nation, our country, how we assemble our people and get our 38 plus states. In fact, how we get all 50 states to restore this republic. So those are the four hot topics that we discuss here. And yes, in that order, it goes God, family, health, and country or God health, because you got to have your health first if you're going to take care of your family. So God health, family, and then country. So Isaiah chapter 54, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible, only 17 verses, and it reads, Shout for joy, infertile one, you who have not given birth to any child, break forth into joy, shouting and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor, for the sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman, says the Lord. 
Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out the curtains of your dwellings, do not spare them, lengthen your ropes and strengthen your pegs, for you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will possess nations and will resettle the desolate cities. Fear not, for you will not be put to shame, and do not feel humiliated, for you will not be disgraced, but you will forget the shame of your youth, and no longer remember the disgrace of your widowhood. For your husband is your maker, whose name is the Lord of armies, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of all the earth. For the Lord has called you like a wife forsaking and grieved in spirit, even like a wife of one's youth when she is rejected, says your God. For a brief moment I abandon you, but with great compassion I will gather you. In an outburst of anger I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting favor, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. For this is like the days of Noah to me, when I swore that the waters of Noah would not flood the earth again. So I have sworn that I will not be angry with you, nor rebuke you. For the mountains may be removed and the hills may shake, but my favor will not be removed from you, nor will my covenant of peace be shaken, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Afflicted one. Storm tossed, not to be not uh, and not comforted. Behold, I will set your stones in antimony, and I will lay your foundations with sapphires. Moreover, I will make your battlements of rubies and your gates of crystal and your entire wall with precious stones. All your sons will be taught by the Lord, and the well-being of your sons will be great. In righteousness you will be established. You will be far from oppression, for you will not fear, and from terror, for it will not come near you. If anyone fiercely attacks you, it will not be from me. Whoever attacks you will fall because of you. Behold, I myself have created the smith who blows on the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its works. And I have created the destroyer to inflict ruin. No weapon that is formed against you will succeed, and you will condemn every tongue that accuses you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. And that is the reading of chapter 54, verses 1 through 17. And of course, what a great ending verse. Verse 17, no weapon that is formed against you will succeed. And you will condemn every tongue that accuses you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. A great, excellent verse. Now, God has a remarkable way to take things that are unfruitful and make them productive and find good use for it, right? Now, in chapter 34, he used the image of making the desert bloom, right? Now, here, the image is a barren woman bringing forth so many children that the couple must build a bigger house. Now, is God promising that every barren wife will have many children? No, what he's talking about here is something far more wonderful. Now, the Jews were given a special covenant through Abraham and the laws of God through Moses, and they were to be a light to all the nations, teaching everyone about the ways of God and showing them the way of forgiveness of sin. Did they? No. 
the Jews almost immediately after being liberated from Egypt began turning to idolatry. You can see that illustrated in Exodus chapter 32 verses 1 through 4 if you want to look that up. And so while they have had some success stories through Joshua, David, Hezekiah, and Josiah, for the majority of their time, the Jews have been in sin and, and really, quite frankly, a cause for the name of God to be blasphemed by other nations. Now, what did God do? He gave them one last chance to follow him with the appearance of a son. A pretty obvious sign. Hey, I am God. I am here, right? But after they chose to crucify Christ, God left trying to draw Israel back to the, a right relationship with him and instead used them to reach all other nations of the world. And so he used the persecution of the early church to force believers into the Gentile nations, and he used the fanaticism of the Jews to chase believers in the Gentile nations to make them constantly move from city to city, thus spreading the gospel further. Hence, how Christianity took root and, and spread like wildfire. And so God took the failure of the Jews to obey him and used it to bring about salvation through the crucifixion of Christ and to reach all the world through, the forcing, through, through forcing the believers to flee Israel. I mean, so ultimately God is talking about turning a failure into a success. And no matter how terribly you have failed in life, God can easily turn your failure and your pitfalls into a success. Very, very easily. Now, no matter how terribly you have failed in life, like I said, it's so important you hear this. It's a very important message. It does not matter how terribly you have failed. Failure is a good thing. Why? Because that is the opportunity where God can turn that failure into success so long as you learn from it. And God can work with you no matter what your current situation is, where you're at exactly. You just have to ask and accept. You know, he can mold you into something beautiful and worthy of God's praise. Consider Paul, for example. He was zealous, killing saints until God appeared to him on the road to Damascus, and God used him to write 14 of the 27 books in the New Testament. Figure that one out. God is so wonderful that he can take our failures and turn them into major successes that could reverberate through history. The Bible defines success as obeying the commandments of God. Well, Jason, where does it say that? Well, I don't know. Joshua 1.7, Kings 2.3. Check it out. 1 Kings 2.3. So when we follow the will of God for our lives, then we are fulfilling the purpose of our existence by performing the roles for which we were created. And there is no greater success than to be exactly who we were designed to be. And note, a little side note, that this has nothing to do with monetary gain, power, or popularity. Okay, this is not prosperity doctrine. Okay, we don't do that Joel Olstein nonsense over here. And if, if you like Joel Olstein, I'm sorry to have, have offended you, but that guy's straight evil. So you might want to, you know, run away far, far, run away from him very fast. He is no good. So as we look at verse one, now 
even though the Jews, if we kind of take a look back at Galatians 4, 26 through 28, now, even though the Jews as a whole reject Christ and are thus barren in producing children of God, salvation originated in Jerusalem and all the Gentiles, you know, uh, all the Gentile converts are the adopted children of Israel converted by the Jewish apostles into a covenant relationship with Christ. And so although the Jews are barren among their own people, they have an abundance of children through the Gentiles. And in addition, during the final days, the Jews will end up turning back to God and acknowledge Jesus as the Christ, finally bearing fruit for their own people. And so when Israel brings forth children, it will enlarge its borders. This is not referring to the church age then the Gentiles would be joining, you know, with Israel instead of giving way to the Jews. But to date, the Jews do not possess all the land, which was promised to them in Numbers 34 verses 1 through 12. And God is saying that he has not forgotten his promise, but that it will be fulfilled in the future. And that's in verses 2 and 3. And so as we look at verses 4 and 8, 4 through 8, under the new covenant, believers are espoused to Christ. Christians are set aside for the day of marriage, which is the redemption of our bodies to external life in the presence of Christ. Now, Israel, however, is already wedded to God, and because of their sins, they are momentarily separated from him. In their rejection of Christ, God has turned his attention to the Gentiles, but he will return to them and forgive the nation and will bring them back into the restored marital state. Their idolatry will be forgotten as their sins of their youth. So as we look at 9 and 10 with Noah, like it mentioned there, it rained for 40 days and 30 and 30 nights and 40 nights, 30 nights, 40 nights. And it took almost a year for the waters to dry up. And during that time, Noah was trapped in the boat. But after the flood was over, you know, he was given full rain over the earth and with God's blessing and promise to never create such a flood again. And so the Jews, if they endure, endure, excuse me, their affliction, and the safety of God's structure will come out on the other side with God's blessing. And just as God has kept his promise to Noah to never again destroy the earth by water, so too will he keep his promise to never forsake Israel. And even if for a while they are removed from their sins, God will return to them. So in the midst of that storm, God will lay a solid foundation on which one can stand. Now for the Jews, this means that while their nation is unstable, God will build and strengthen their borders into what is sturdy and beautiful. And historically, though, since Jesus' day, the Jews have been persecuted by the Gentiles. Now, while today they have had their own nation, they still do not inhabit, you know, they still don't inhabit, um, have an, you know, inhabit a land that was promised by to them by God. And really, they still are engaged in a territorial dispute with Muslims for the land that they currently possess. And so while God is building a nation, he has not solidified it in the verse. This verse is thus being fulfilled over a long period of time. As we look at verse 13, 14, and 15, when Israel is fully established by God as a grounded nation, then all the Jews will be acknowledge, uh, will be knowledgeable in him. And so while now they have the laws and Torah, they lack the personal relationship with God through Christ Jesus. 
Now, when they finally receive this knowledge, they will have a great peace. But in the meantime, you know, when God is being taught, righteousness abounds. In a close relationship to him, the Jews will be free from oppression and fear. And who, whoever gathers against them will be destroyed. They will be untouchable. This promise is strictly to the Jews, and it is not applicable to the Christian. Instead, the born-again believer has this statement. And that statement would be, But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believes in me, it were, it were better for him that a millstone were hang, hung around his neck, and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe unto this world because of the offenses, for it must for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. That is a really weird translation. I didn't like that translation. Not one bit. But the Christian is not free from persecution. Instead, the Christian has the promise that offenses will come, and God doesn't promise to destroy in this life the one who afflicts the Christian. But Scripture clearly states that no wickedness will inherit the kingdom of God. And so while the enemy of Christ may flourish on the earth, they will be rejected in the next life. And the Christian is only promised freedom from persecution after death when God will wipe away their every tear. And so as we look at the last couple verses here in 16 and 17, While man may think that he has invented weapons of war, God is the one who created man. He has given man the ability to design, to forge, and to use these weapons. That is, if God had not given man an imagination, man could never have formed these weapons. So if God had not given him skill of hands, man would not have never have been able to act on his imagination. And so ultimately, God is responsible for all things, for he created all things through man. And such is how that when one of his creations turns to use the gifts of God for evil, well, God is able to undermine and overthrow that person and creation very, very easily. You know, the source of all power, wisdom, and life, you know, God can at any time destroy an evil person. We need to remember that. So why does he not, you know, why does he not do so in, in every case? Why does he allow wicked men to persecute and oppress? I'm sure a lot of you ask that nowadays. Why does he allow wicked people to commit these crimes against humanity and to be tyrannical despots against a nation and and just do unspeakable sexual heinous acts against children? Children! Now, this is kind of going to be an unpopular thing because it certainly isn't, it's unpopular for me, but I'm going to say it anyway. Because quite frankly, I have a different kind of thing in mind because, you know, well, let's face it, I am a man and I have a different, I have a different mindset, I guess. But again, that's why God is God. But, you know, why does he let all these things take place? Because in mercy, he is giving 
even those who do such unspeakable things space to repent. For it is not the will of God that any should perish in hell, but that all should in, you know have inheritance, you know, inherit eternal life through Christ. And yes, that is referenced in 2 Peter 3 9. And so for the Jew, when God has redeemed the nation, they will stand in righteousness with him and be able to rebuke all the wicked. They have the special promise that in this life, they will one day be able to judge those who have wrongly judged them. So there it is. It's a hard reality to face. Trust me, it's a very unpopular thing to say that. Like, why does God allow all these evildoers to get away with such unspeakable things? Especially when it comes to our children. Like, we want nothing more than vengeance against those who hurt our children, right? Like, that goes without saying. I want nothing more than to throat stop someone so deep in the mud. Especially if it was my child. Oh, my goodness. Lord help you. But see... I can't think like that. Unfortunately, God doesn't act or think like that. He gives these types of people some space to repent. So we need to really remember, you know, we're going to face similar judgments. And don't think for one minute just because we're not as, you know, we're not doing these unspeakable things like most of these criminals do in DC and who, wherever else around the world, these elitists don't think for one minute that, you know, our own sins are any less just because we don't do those things. Doesn't mean look, sin is sin. The important thing is, are you going to ask God to come into your life? Are you going to ask God to be centered around your life and to accept Jesus in your heart? Right. Are you going to repent? He doesn't want anyone to perish at all. So we will be right back after the short, quick little break. And then we're going to get into you and your money and bank bail-ins and everything in between. So before we get into um, the topic of discussion about you, your money and the bank bail-ins and what's going on with the U.S. bank customers and so on and so forth. So I got a few clips I'm going to play here. Um, One of them is totally unrelated to what we're going to be talking about, but I'm going to play that first just because it is freaking hilarious. Then the next two are going to be a five and a half minute piece and a three minute piece um, talking about the 
you know, the FDIC and the banking collapse and um, the bank balance and what that looks like. Now, one of these videos, and I'll give you a warning, but I'm going to give you a warning pre-warning. Um, but one of these videos does have a couple little bad words, nothing crazy, like no F bombs or anything like that. But, um, it's like kind of like a little montage of videos, um, that kind of are like a few seconds apart from each other. One of them has the B word in it in a form of a song. And then another guy says the S word, uh, one time in this other part. So just FYI, I'll get, and I'll give you a warning before I actually play it. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but yeah, <laughs> This, this, this next piece, I got to play. So this, there was a piece that Tucker did. It was a, <laughs> oh my gosh, this had me rolling. I actually posted this on Telegram, but Tucker Carlson, and I don't really watch Fox News. The only reason I saw this is because I was scrolling through TikTok and saw this. Somebody posted it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is too great. This is Tucker and talking about our lizard overlords at the World Economic Forum and their stupid entertainment <laughs> that they had there. Give this a listen to, but wait for it. Listen for the end and listen to what he said. This is great. This had me rolling. Time to check in with our lizard overlords in Davos, Switzerland. What are they up to? Well, this. bunch of freaks he's so right what a bunch of freaks <laughs> what made the video is this girl whoever so they've got the guy that's playing the guitar and her stupid hand movement she's doing this stupid thing like she's using her body as an instrument it's the most bizarre thing i had ever seen and and like i'm watching this I about peed myself in in my bed. All right, full full disclosure. Thirty six year old man just about peed himself, wetted himself in bed last night. As I'm watching this show, I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Like, Kate, my wife is like, "What are you watching?" I'm like, "You don't want to know." She goes, "It sounds horrible." I'm like, "It looks horrible." <laughs> but the, the what made that video was the very end where Tucker is just criticizing it, and then he like goes straight face and he's like, "What a bunch of freaks." <laughs> <laughs> it was so great oh my gosh i just i can't i can't handle myself here so on to a little bit more important things because this is pretty crazy all right um all kidding aside and then we're going to end this on a lighter note uh with a cool video i saw on tiktok as well and i love awesome music and especially you know stuff that makes you get up and dance uh, i'm going to play a little like it's like a not even a minute but it's a pretty cool video. You actually have to see the video. It's pretty sweet. Um, but so people have been seeing news pieces and things online with people that are uh, customers of Bank of America or yes, Bank of America um, and how they're missing money. You know, some are missing 12, 13, you know, $100 out of their account. 
And when they go to the branches that get, you know, resolve and get questions answered, they're just given an 800 number say, well, you need to call customer service. You need to talk to them. Well, then we're seeing these people are saying, well, we're not, they're not giving us any answers. Well, see, this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is precisely one of the biggest reasons. See, I saw this coming 12, 13 years ago, 14 years ago, as I started going down this rabbit hole of conspiracy theory, you know, Alex Jones type stories. And I really started kind of paying attention to these kind of things 12, 14 years ago. And now it's only increasing. And a lot of these conspiracy theories, if you will, are starting to come into fruition as being, well, actual truthful conspiracies. Um, I mean, let's, let's face it. These, these conspiracy theories, you know, these people are running out of theories to label us as nut jobs because a lot of these things are coming true. Much like the crap with the vax. And so during the great recession, the United States government spent about 700 billion in taxpayer dollars to bail out the banks that, had caused the financial crisis back in 0809. Now, after that, Congress passed laws to ensure the government would never bail out Wall Street in the future. But that doesn't necessarily mean that your money will be safe from the next financial crisis. Now, the end of the bank bailout era ushered in the beginning of a what they call a bank bail-in, which would, you know, basically, in other words, you're, it wouldn't put your tax dollars at risk, but pretty much your actual money that you deposit in your own bank account. And yes, it's legal. You can actually read in the paperwork. If you open up an account, it it, it explains it right there. Now, what's a bailout versus bail-in? We're going to kind of like take a look at this at a, at a glance. So again, a bank bailout is when the government uses our tax dollars by taxpayers to buy out these toxic assets and infuse capital into these failing banks to keep them from going under. That's a bank bailout. Now, bank bail-in is, well, rather than using, again, rather than using taxpayer money to infuse banks with capital, banks can actually seize money from the depositors, turning debt into equity to keep their bank afloat. That is pretty much, at a glance, the difference between the two. Now... Here is how bank bailouts of the Great Recession ushered in the era of bail-ins. Now, the financial crisis that led to the Great Recession of 07, 08, 09, right around there, right? And the great housing market bubble and all this other stuff. That was driven by massive amounts of irresponsible mortgage lending that triggered a historic crash in the housing market. And the banks that spent years playing fast and loose and backing subprime mortgages found themselves on the verge of collapse when people started walking away from the homes that had plummeted in value virtually overnight, resulting in mass foreclosures. And so you had banks, <clears throat> excuse me, you had banks that started to go under, raising the alarm bells in our nation's capital. And at that time, the Obama White House warned that some banks were simply too big to fail. And if the largest financial institutions were teetering on the brink of collapse, if they were allowed to go under, then the country could actually fall into a, a real serious financial crisis and, and, and even more dire than the Great Depression that gripped the country back in 1929 until 1939. And let me tell you what, we were hours, from my understanding, hours from that occurring. Not days or weeks, hours. And so the United States used over $700 billion in taxpayer money to keep those banks afloat. Now, of course is pretty much pissed off 
millions of Americans. And of course it angered me, no doubt who were, you know, out of the work, out of work force, you know, they were forced to take a pay cut if they were still working during those difficult years. And with those pay cuts, they were, you know, they lost their homes because they couldn't afford it anymore. You know, why was that money being used to reward the irresponsibility and even criminal actions of a few firms on Wall Street instead of bailing out millions of struggling Americans? I mean, what? I'll tell you why. Because, again, with the Federal Reserve and big banking, you know, they're the ones that, that pretty much own this country. Again, it's one of the reasons why we have to assemble. Now, a few years after the bailout, Congress passed the Dodd-Frank Act in an effort to prevent any future government bailouts. Now, cleverly, the politicians were able to find a way to keep the government off the hook next time banks need a bailout. It's called, again, a bail-in. And as you probably expect, it comes at the expense of the American bank account holders. Kind of probably what we're seeing starting with Bank of America. Now, this is precisely why my wife and I got away from J.P. Morgan Chase And PNC and other big banks, like we have an account at Huntington because of our mortgage, but we don't keep any money but like five bucks in that account just just because we need something to have our mortgage. I don't keep squat in any big banks. We are members of a local credit union. And local credit unions don't operate on the same system as banks. In fact, same thing. Like they have a similar... Um, program that's like the FDIC if somebody were to, you know, steal your money or, you know, you had fraudulent activity on your account, but it's not part of the same system as the banks. They don't use the SWIFT system. They don't use the FDIC. So get away from the big banks. That let, let me just put this one alert out there right now. Get away from the big banks and try to find a local credit union. Anymore these days, you don't have to be like a teacher or part of a union or anything like that to be in a credit union. There's credit unions that you can join without even being a member of any other organization. Now, how does a bank bail-in work? A bank bail-in serves the exact same purpose as a bailout to infuse enough money into the bank to keep it afloat. Now, instead of using taxpayer dollars, a bank uh, bail-in allows banks to use the money of their own depositors to bail themselves out. Now, when you put money into the bank, you trust that that institution will keep your savings secure. Now, however, in a post-Dodd-Frank world, you are not simply a customer or a depositor. You are actually legally classified as an unsecured creditor. Now, basically what that means is that anyone who carries a balance over $250,000 could actually have money taken directly from their account without permission to help keep a struggling bank from going under. Well, Jason, I'm sure a lot of these people that are having you know, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars taken away from you know, you know, missing from their, you know, Bank of America account, they 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 can't have two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. But here's the thing: something's going on. And so. The question would be, do bank bail-ins put your money at risk? Well, the main purpose of bank bail-ins is to transfer the risk away from the taxpayers while giving banks a loophole, you know, that gray area, you got to love those gray areas, to keep themselves afloat. Now, banks can no longer turn to taxpayer-funded bailouts in the face of bankruptcy. Now, instead, they'll shift the risk to creditors and their own customers. Depending on how much of your assets are tied up in a single bank, there's real risk that a bail-in could actually put your finances at risk. Now, 
if the bank you're holding money in makes bad or risky financial decisions, yeah, it could actually end up using your money to bail itself in, turning debt into equity on the backs of the depositor. And so basically, this means that money could be serving as a potential get-out-of-jail-free card for the big banks popping up our economy, propping up our economy, in another, you know, and then another deep recession, risky investments or bad management could actually put banks on the verge of bankruptcy once again. It's not really a matter of if, but when our country's largest financial institutions will need an infusion of capital. And next time, however, they won't use Uncle Sam rewarding them for their mismanagement. They're going to use their own customers, and they are going to be the ones left to bear the financial burden. Yes, this happened back last time something similar like this happened was back in like 1929. Let's listen to a quick sound piece real quick. This one I'm going to play is um, about five and a half minutes long. Give this a quick listen to. No, this is not the one with the bad words. I wondered whether there are some market tests of whether you're being heard. And I think about TLAC. So TLAC should spread should respond to good and bad news about the institutions. And it's really important. I mean, it's a little bit conflicted, right? I mean, it's important that people understand they can be bailed in, but you don't want a huge run on the institution. But they have, I mean, they're going to be. That's, and, and it could be an early warning signal to the FDIC and the primary regulators when these things happen. And there may be some other prices, this is uh, similar to what Jay was saying, in the market that you can tell whether people understand how the, who's going to be protected, who isn't going to be protected. It would be, I think, an interesting study to look at the evolution of market prices in a situation like March of 2020, for example, and see whether people understood what might happen as much money we can just print as much money as we want you don't have to worry about your deposits in the bank you can get your money back as well because the fdic bankers discuss bail-ins to deal with impending market collapse some people need to know but i don't think you have much hope of, of reaching a public that doesn't have a professional need to know yeah why do you need to know i completely this? agree with that i almost think you'd scare the public if you put this out like why are they telling me this should i be concerned about my bank if my insurance company doesn't tell me what they're doing with my assets, they just assume they're going to pay my claim, right? It's, it's, I think you've got to think of the unintended consequences of taking a public that has more full faith and confidence in the banking system than maybe people in this room do. And that's the FDIC. Yeah. We want them to have full faith and confidence in the banking system. They know the FDIC insurance is there. They know it works. They put their money in. They're going to get their money out. So there, there's a select crowd of people that are in the institutional side. And if they want to understand this, they're going to find a way to understand this. There's a bunch of law firms represented in this room. There's a bunch of people who charge them by the hour a lot of money to explain this all to them. And, and, and it's fine. And I, I, don't have a, I don't have a problem with that. And they all have huge staffs. But I would be careful about the unintended consequences of starting to blast too much of this out in the general public. Yeah. Banks to seize money in the next financial crisis. On September 14th, 2022, in Lebanon, a woman robbed her own money from the bank. The Fed, Bank of England, and ECB are all preparing to do bank bail-ins. And the legislation is already in place in America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Great Britain, and Europe. Obama signed the Dodd-Frank Act to eliminate bailouts and open the door for bail-ins. Are central banks planning to seize money in the next financial collapse? Yo, 13, Cyprus banks had a bail-in. 
using people's money they deposited to bail out the bank mile-long lines to get their money out, but their accounts were frozen. This happens many times throughout history. Recently, Bank of England planned to bail in says for no apparent reason that they need this set up by 2022. This states they can use mortgages to bail in the financial system. Are they planning to take your home and sell it to BlackRock or whomever? Or will you have to do some sort of woke agenda to keep your home? The FSES, which is their version of the FDIC, will back you up 85,000 pounds. But the FSCS only has 643 million pounds. No way will that cover everyone. Everyone is protected up to nine pounds in the best case scenario with their budget. If only half the people bank run, it's still less than 20 pounds per person. Is this why the Vatican's assets worldwide need to be moved before the end of this month, September 30th? Is this why German platoons plan on patrolling the streets a few days after October 1st? Many big entertainment events and shows are canceled worldwide. This can't happen because the Constitution protects our life, liberty, and property. But already there's legislation in place that overrides property rights in case of an emergency that gives them direct permission to freeze your assets. In 1997, the International Emergency Economic Powers Act was enacted, allowing governments to freeze assets at will because of a threat. If the majority of people are scared, devastated, and brought to their knees, they will beg for the UBI, Social Credit Scoring System, of CBDCs for the solution to the problem. This beautiful woman is named Sali Hafez. Hafez is also the name of the great Sufi mystic poet. Is this all just a script? Remember when William Shakespeare got his medicine? Is this just a movie script to bring in the central bank digital currencies, digital IDs, and social credit scoring systems? that I almost think you'd scare the public. So Wells Fargo had to pay the Piper, had to pay 3.7 billion to 16 million customers because of illegal activity that they was doing. Hmm. So this is the kind of stuff, like I said, that, that the beginning of that clip and the very beginning was the, uh, it was a meeting in the, uh, among the people that work with the FDIC in the FDIC. Clearly something's coming that they don't want to tell us because they don't want to spark any outrage or any fear and chaos driven, uh, reactions among, you know, um, a clueless population. And I guess to some degree, I guess I can understand that because, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't really have a flipping clue what's really happening. And so, um, any more these days, I mean, I don't know who knows what would happen. I mean, look, this is not the first time that this has happened. I mean, our, when this, this, when all this kind of stuff happened before this, I mean, we're talking back in 1929, um, we, we had this kind of thing occur where there had bank holidays and FDR, um, unfortunately, you know, he had to put in, uh, institute bank holidays where people did not have access to the banks for quite a few days. But what's crazy is that back then you didn't have riots. You didn't have grocery stores propping up at the front door with shotguns to ward off looters. No, people just kind of, you know, went about their business. They kind of, you know, made some comic, you know, they kind of had kind of, uh, what do you want to say? They kind of laughed at the matter because they were all going through this common BS, right? 
But I think if that happened nowadays, considering the state of affairs of people mentally and with the high level of depression and anxiety that is ever increasing, I don't think that would be a very, um, I don't think that would be a very well received thing if that occurred nowadays, especially, you know, a bank holiday where the banks would shut down and people would not have access to their money for anywhere between a week, two, three weeks. I mean, a breakdown of society would occur very fast. And because of time, I mean, I started a little early today. I'm going to go maybe right up to eight, a little past eight. But um, I'm gonna we're gonna continue this conversation tomorrow because I have so much more that I wanted to read regarding the U.S. government and the bankruptcy that happened back in 1933 and what occurred back then with banks and and what happened back then because there's a lot of information I kind of wanted to cover and what FDR did and it actually falls right in line yeah and Oscar actually brought it up right here in the chat it falls right in line with when the uh, War Department released the uh, 2000 Field Training Manual 2000-25 in 1928. See, a lot of things that occurred back in, you know, those days in the, you know, late 20s, early 30s, early to mid 30s, you know, FDR, they wanted to usher in a communistic and socialistic society in America. And a lot of it had to do with what was going on with the Federal Reserve and the banking system and different things that took place back then and the, you know, the bankruptcy of the government. So I kind of we're going to talk more about that tomorrow, the U.S. government and how it went bankrupt. Um, there's a, a long piece here I wanted to read. I got a few other things I wanted to go over, but I'm going to play this other soundbite. Now, this is about three minutes long, and this is the one that has a couple bad words in it. And the reason I left it in there is because it is, it is a little funny. It made my wife laugh. Um, <laughs> listen to this. Well, look at this. I posted a video three weeks ago talking about bank bail-ins. This happened in 1929, right before the Great Depression. Hmm. I was laughed at. I was mocked. It was called a white, what is it? White ring conspiracy theory or whatever the heck they call us these days. But I want to tell you something. This has nothing to do with politics. This has to do with economics. Now, this could just simply be a technical glitch. But I do want to let you know what a bank bail-in is. When you give your money to the bank, it belongs to them. You are loaning your money to the bank. You are considered a stockholder not an accountant. Read the fine print. The FDIC, which is the insurance companies for the banks that's supposed to cover your dollars just in case of a bail-in or a bankruptcy. Do you know that only less than 1% of your dollars are covered? So for every what thousand dollars you get like a hundred for it or something or ten dollars I have to look into that but yes seven percent my daughter knows this because we searched this read the fine print this is very legal by the way when you put your money into these institutions it no longer belongs to you 
Well, some Bank of America customers say money is missing from their accounts. People are sounding off about this on social media, and this morning we know of at least one person who says their checking account was wiped clean. We've so... Thanks, Holy shit, TikTok, do I got another one for you. So y'all know how Bank of America not trying to get people their money, right? Or people got money missing from their account. Check this out. So I'm a Bank of America and everybody's missing money. I'm also missing money over $1,300 and they're telling me to call customer service and they, and, they, and they keep hanging up on people. This is another person here who's also missing money. Well, some Bank of America customers say money is missing from their accounts. have taken to social media today in pretty large numbers complaining about money missing from their accounts. Bank of America customers outraged at money missing from, from Bank their accounts. Bank of America missing money. Saying money is... Y'all, I don't know what's going on, but I'm not... That's pretty much what's going on. There's people missing money, and there's a lot of it's. And if this can, this is going to continue with these bigger banks. It's going to continue with these bigger banks, and people don't understand that when you sign up for a checking account, and like that lady said at the very beginning of this video, when you deposit your money, you are giving the bank permission to use that money to lend out for their stupid fractional banking scheme that they do. Oh, wow. Rita was just saying in the chat here that Bank of America ran a PR ad during the playoff game today. I'm sure they did. <laughs> Folks, you got to protect yourself. This is why it's so important to have precious metals on hand. Have extra cash on hand. Yeah, but Jason, I thought it was pretty much worthless because they're Federal Reserve notes. They're, they're you know, they're promissory notes. They're debt instruments. Yes, that is true, but doesn't mean that there aren't stores out there that still won't take that in in the meantime while there's still confidence in the dollar in the event of a internet outage or a bank holiday where you can't access money. You might want to have a little bit of reserves on hand so you can at least pay for some basic essentials so you're not starving. And this is kind of precisely what I want to talk a little bit further about tomorrow with what happened back, you know, in the early 30s during FDR's reign. It's, um, I don't want to sit here and scare you guys by, by, by talking about these things, but it is very, very important. I'm not going to sit here and try to be over drama, you know, dramatic, you know, over dramatic here and, and, and produce satire and instill drama in my stories. Um, and how I present things because a society is already riddled enough as it is with anxiety and people who are in a depressed state because of what's going on. And I think a lot of that has to do with a lot of people aren't really rooted in Christ and we need to get back to what's important. God and Jesus Christ, the Holy spirit, right? We need to get back as a nation back at the heart of what is important at the core. And that is God. And the invitation that we all need to give out to Jesus to enter in our hearts and to reform us, to fix us, because there's a lot of things that we all need done in order to reshape us. So we need God in Christ. That's number one. 
We need to take care of our body temple that God gave us. That's number two. How do we do that? Well, we drink clean water that's not, you know, in all these plastics. We, you know, maybe get a reverse osmosis machine so you're not buying a ton of water in plastic bottles because, again, we can't trust the water treatment plants because they're trying to kill us with all the chemicals and crap that they put in our water, all the toxins. Try to source your food from local farmers if you can. If you can't, just shop around when you go to your grocery store. Just shop around the outside. Keep it real food. Stay away from the cornbread you know, mix in the baking aisle. Stay away from the cereal. Don't go getting that box of Honey Nut Cheerios. Don't buy that snack pack of vanilla crap pudding. It's garbage. Stay away from the Snickers bars. Good whole food, fruits, vegetables, meats, yes, fats, the right fats. And then, of course, with keeping up with our body temple, then we can keep up with taking care of our family, fortifying our household, centering God in our marriage, centering God around how we parent in our household. Frosted Deadly Flakes. I love that. That's great, Zero. I love that. <laughs> and Oscar prunes avocado and bacon. Are you 80? <laughs> Actually, I'm not going to lie. Avocado bacon is good, but prunes, eh. I'm more of a plum guy. I don't know if I can eat it in the form of prunes. That's great, though. <laughs> um, But real food. Man, avocados are good, too. Man, now you got me craving avocado and guacamole. Mm. But we need to keep it real food, ladies and gentlemen. No junk, no garbage. And look, I'm the king of eating garbage. I love donuts. Love donuts. I'm like Homer Simpson. Mmm, donuts. That's me. Like donuts. But we got to take care of our body temple. We need to take care of our family, fortify our family, our household, because we can't have a strong nation without having strong families. So I hope we all can be in agreeing agreement in the order of subjects that we put in, you know, in that priority list. God and Jesus comes first at the top of that list, followed by taking care of our body temple through good health. And because of having good health, that gives us the ability to work and take care of our families and put God around at the center of our marriage and of our, you know, in our household. Again, back to that statement that we always hear, a family that prays together stays together, right? And when you have a strong family is when we will be able to have a strong nation, is when we will be able to rebuild a republic. See, man's not going to be able to do it by himself. Man and women has to do it with God at their side. You're not going to do it on your own. You got to do it with God. It's very, very important. Last little sound piece I want to play. I thought this was kind of interesting. Not interesting. It's actually pretty cool. So as you all know, I used to DJ for about eight and a half years, kind of end this on a lighter note. I used to DJ for eight and a half years, and although I had a lot of fun in those eight and a half, nine years partying, and, you know, I, I DJed in clubs all the way from New Mexico 
all the way up to Minnesota, Wisconsin, New Hampshire, all the way down to Florida and everything in between Texas, Ohio, Indiana. And I enjoyed doing that. But again, that was also a life filled with a lot of sin and a lot of promiscuity and drinking and pot smoking. You guess it. You name it. I did it. For the most part. Um, so, but I can still appreciate some really good music. And I found this video on TikTok, and there's no bad words in it, but I thought it was a pretty cool video. It's basically one man who is a music producer and artist. And I, I love when artists do this, they do these videos where they play like four different people, you know, and they're doing this video and they play four different like characters, three or four different characters in their studio. And it's, it's better when you watch it and maybe I'll find it and I'll post it on telegram. Um, but when you watch it and you see how clever these, these, these TikTokers are with how they do their video production and incorporate their talent with their music production behind it. I mean, the, the imagination and the creativity just blows my mind. I could never think of anything like this. I I absolutely applaud these people for their creativity. I really do. But so the audio I'm going to play, it does no justice without actually watching it because it is so freaking cool. But I'm going to play it anyway because it does get you going and dance. And then we'll close this out with a prayer. Yo, yo, what is he doing? Oh, he had to work from home today. Just ignore him. Ready? Okay. Oh, by the way, my cousin's in town. He might swing by the studio. Is that that weird DJ guy that like never shows his face? Hey, cuz, come on in, take a seat. And if you don't mind, just keep it down. We're trying to record something. Okay, full house. Ready? Hey, cuz, you gotta turn it down. We can hear it through the head. Wait a sec, that actually sounds pretty cool. Hey, can you turn it up? Straight to the top, never going down, don't wait for the drop. Never stand still, that's the motto, yeah. Brand new bands for the auto, oh. Foot to the ground, full throttle. Big energy for the night, like lotto, damn. Y'all talk lots, never disquiet. Life like a Seinfeld plot, mm. Ball full of songs, all of them bombs. Something like a minefield guy, boom. Get it, get it, tickets running out quick. Bet it, bet it, never get it out big. Said it, said it, never had a shout it. They said I couldn't ever do it, okay, how's this? Fit a week worth of work in a minute. Machine well oiled, you know how I stay efficient. To do list written, I do this different. Hold up, wait a minute, I ain't finished. Look, flow's the same, the same, the same, the same now. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, man, I'm like, that guy got after it. I'm like, wow. I was actually pretty impressed. I'll find that video and I'll post it on uh, Telegram. Um, it's a lot better to watch while you hear it, but like I said, I, I applaud these, these artists, these independent artists that they not only use their creativity to make these, you know, these great, as I, as we call them in the industry club banger tracks, um, that just, you know, they're 128, 132 BPMs, you know, beats per minute. Um, that's what we call club bangers that you have in the club that just gets people going, you know, just rocking and just you're going right. You're dancing. It's a, it's a great workout actually, especially if you're in an aerobics class, it's great music to like, if you're in a spin cycle class, right. If you're in a spinning class at a gym, um, you'll hear, you'll see a lot of, uh, you know, aerobic instructors, they'll play that type of up-tempo beat music. And so I applaud this guy for not only the music that he can create and the artistry behind it, but the creativity of his, of his video. I was like, wow. I'm like, how creative was this? That, that was that was just amazing. And, you know, I don't like to play a lot of uh, club music if it has bad language or 
um, you know, very provocative uh, messaging in there, like talking about promiscuity and drugs and sex and basically stuff that Satan wants to infuse in your life subliminally, you know, subliminally through entertainment. That's one of the reasons why I'm so glad I got out of DJing and I don't do that because I always I always wanted to be a big, you know, star DJ. And I know a few of them that actually have made it big. And one of them is uh, uh, John Perdue. He goes by the name of J, uh, DJ Silver. He actually is signed on by Sony Records and he actually works with Jason Aldean on a full time basis. And so uh, I've, I've you know, we've hung out a few times at a few clubs down in Dallas and you know, I mean, we don't talk anymore these days, but you know what? I applaud him and, you know, I, I wish him so much more success than what he's accomplished, but he's met great people. He's met the Duck Dynasty family people, you know, from, you know, obviously uh, Duck Dynasty. Um, but, you know, he's he's just gotten to meet so many uh, cool artists. And so, um, you know, I'm just glad I never got into it, though, because the more I become rooted in Christ and start realizing how Satan really works to try to get in people's minds and get into the families, he uses things like sports and entertainment, movies, sitcoms, music, right? Social media, in a lot of cases, to try to get inside the home, to try to get inside your mind and to try to infiltrate. And we got to watch and ask for God to put up that armor of God for us. We need that. It's so very important. Because Satan can infiltrate in the, he, he can find the smallest of smallest of tiniest stress cracks in your armor and he'll find a way to pry in there. And so I say all that to say this, I got, I got away from it because a lot of the music that the industry puts out is just terrible. But when I find something like this TikToker, I've watched the words, I read the words to make sure there was nothing bad in there because I would be damned if I play anything on this channel. That would have something that would, you know, put out a terrible message in your mind. But when I heard it, I was like, wow, I'm like, this is, this is, this is a good, this is a good club track. So, all right, let's uh, close this out with a prayer. And like I said, tomorrow, we're going to continue this conversation about the banks and the, you know, Federal Reserve and what happened back in 1933 and the bankruptcy of the U.S. government and so on and so forth. So, okay. Heavenly Father. We want to say thank you for this day. Um, thank you for another day of life and good health. And we we ask that you you guide our thoughts and our, our words as well as our actions. In fact, we ask that our actions and words fall very closely in alignment with your divine plan. We pray that every footstep in the direction that we're trying to think that we, you know, that we're trying to go in is correct and it falls in sync with your great plan. If we get off the path, we just ask that you 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 bring us back on, you know, guide us back on that path that you need us to be on. Um, obviously, these are tough times. Yes, we are dealing with some severe inflation. Yes, we're dealing with uncertainty. Yes, we're dealing with times that are creating high levels of stress and anxiety. But you know what, God? This is why we exist here. This is why other platforms like this one exist to help people become rooted more in you and in your son and to have faith in you, to lay it all out there. And so just keep helping me and others plant those seeds. We will trust in you to water and you know shine that light on those seeds so growth can occur in other individuals out there, other men and women. But we need you back in our nation, Father. We need you back in this world, and we need our republic back. We need our freedom and sovereignty back. So we just pray that this can happen sooner than later, and 
you know, we pray all this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that is all we have for you guys today. I really do appreciate all of you being here. I really do. And um, like I said, we will continue this conversation tomorrow. And um, like I said, no matter where you're at in the world, I hope you all have a good day or a good night. And uh, remember, here at His Hard Line, you know, we are firm, we are steadfast, we are uncompromising. We do not budge for the enemy. We have to hold that line. Like it says in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear, very important, do not fear, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So I hope you all have a great night, great day, wherever you're located in the world. We will be back here tomorrow for episode 421 with a reading out of Isaiah 55. And we will continue talking about the U.S. government back in 1933 and the bankruptcy and what happened then and kind of how that looks like, you know, with reference to what we're seeing today. All right. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you tomorrow. No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in here at His Heart Line. Really appreciate you. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family. Just copy the link, shoot it via text. You could share it on social media. I don't care if you got to put it up in smoke signals. Just get it out there. And don't forget to check out the website, www.hisharline.com. And join us here every single day. We operate six out of the seven days a week. And remember, as it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Don't forget, don't forget sovereignty itself is of course not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, Sovereignty itself remains with the people by whom and for whom all government exists and acts. We'll see you back here next time.